0: Alright, hello again. Welcome to part two of the NFL GM's Dynasty League Draft. Um, we've gone through the first three rounds in the first part, and hopefully I'll get a few friends to join me as part of the second part here. Um, what I want to do today is go through uh, rounds four and five real fast, and then um, a quick power rank I did based off of um, you know where teams sit, as well as positional importance, at least from my point of view um going into the rest of the offseason so without further ado uh, I'll go ahead and pull up the draft here um if you're following along and want to join live by all means just shoot me a pm um and we'll get you into the chat um anyways uh starting off at the top of the fourth round uh we had Tristan Hill to the Steelers Cody Barton, Cody Barton to uh the Redskins Alizé Mack to the Broncos I mean I love that pick I've followed Mac throughout the years as a Debbie guy, but, you know, guy's name's Alizé. Who doesn't love that? Dawson Knox to the Saints. Darius Slayton to the Jags. Drew Tranquil to the Falcons. Justin Lane to the Cardinals. Easton Stick to the Eagles. Drew Sample to the Redskins. Deontay Thompson to the Chiefs. Caleb Wilson to the Cardinals. Blake Cashman to the 49ers. Voshan Joseph to the Redskins. George Juan Williams to myself the Vikings, Dakota Allen to the Cowboys, Renell Wren to the Raiders, and Quincy Williams to the Raiders as well. Um, a couple that kind of jumped out to me here, uh, Tristan Hill, um, a lot of has a lot of potential. Uh, people like him a lot, especially with the landing spot and with David Irving potentially being uh, suspended again, um, has potential to jump right in, not bad for the 401. Uh, Alizé Mack was a either four- or five-star tight end coming in to Notre Dame, I think. Um, and uh, again, those usually hit. Again, didn't come with the same pomp and circumstance, but landed in New Orleans, which is not a bad place to be. Uh, Dawson Knox, people have in competition for uh, the tight end one job in Buffalo, which again, the tight end one job. This is a best ball league. It's not a bad place to be. Um, let's see. Justin Lane, uh, people like a lot. Uh, Michigan State corner. Um, again, fourth round is when we started seeing the corners jump off the board. I think this is probably the the fourth or fifth corner we've had taken. Um, fun thing about this guy is, uh, went to Michigan state, grew up in, I think, Northeast Ohio and had a bunch of Brown stuff on it. So let's, let's get this right. You went to, you went to high school in Ohio, went to college in Michigan, and now are playing in Pittsburgh. Truly, you have the Erie, uh, Lake Erie in your blood. Um, Easton stick going to the, uh, Eagles stick. Um, I'm interested about because I mean, I myself took Stidham in the third as a potential heir apparent to an aging quarterback, but, uh, the chargers also have Tyrod Taylor in, um, in LA. So I'm curious as to whether stick has that heir apparent value or not, but, uh, an interesting gamble nonetheless. Um, Drew sample at four oh nine. I think a lot of people have uh, highlighted the fact that this was a second round tight end who is going in the fourth and fifth rounds of dynasty drafts. So, uh, great pick by the Redskins here. Um, I know he was waiting for that kind of um, that kind of praise. Uh, one second, Jeremy is asking for the link to join here. So let me go ahead and post that to him because we all know Jeremy loves to join these. Uh, these chats um, do, 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 do. <laughs> to join yes yes Jeremy I'm, I'm sorry I mean I didn't want to uh, confuse you or put you in the awkward position of uh, not joining a uh, chat that you would ask for the link for but anyways um, Continuing on, um, let's see. Caleb Wilson, um, Arizona tight end position is going to be interesting. You have uh, Clay coming over from Buffalo. You have RSJ, who was there last year. Uh, Caleb Wilson coming over. I think it was from UCLA. Um, I'm not quite sure what to make of this. You know, it looks like the passing attempts are going to be up with uh, the new regime in Arizona, but that being said, um, who gets what from the tight end position. Is this going to be a blocking tight end position? Is this going to be a receiving tight end position? And who's it going to be? I'm not quite sure, but uh, at the, in the fourth round, it's worth taking a shot. So uh, all four of this pick by the Cardinals. Um, let's see. Uh, and I'll get back to reading the names here. So we have Bruce Anderson to the Buccaneers. I'm sorry, Bruce Anderson of the Buccaneers to the Colts. Uh, ben Burr-Kiven to the Chiefs, as well as Jordan Scarlett to the Chiefs. Uh, Lions skip their pick. Well, expired, then skip their pick. Um, Cole Holcomb to the Packers. Jalen Jelks to the Giants. James Williams to the Colts. Um, Lions skip their pick oh, again. Andrew Beck to the Dolphins. Uh, Ty Johnson to the Packers. Byron Coart to the Bills. Elijah Holyfield to the Eagles, Lonnie Johnson to the Eagles, uh, Tivon Connie to the Broncos, Trace McSorley to the Bills. Uh, Packers skipped their 433 because I think it was given to him on accident as he was creating um, the supplemental picks. DeAndre Walker to the Steelers, Alex Barnes to the Vikings, and Travis Homer wrapping up the third round to the Bengals. Um, a couple things I'll highlight here. Uh See that I really like. Um, I like the James Williams pick from the Colts at 424. Um, I think that the low cost option is going to be the right option in the Kansas City backfield. So, that said, um, getting a piece of it at 424, it may not be uh, Darwin Thompson, who I think went in the first two rounds. Um, But at the end, I'm sorry. End of the day was my old catchphrase. Now it's calculated risk. You know, that's for you. Um, But the calculated risk done by the Colts is that uh, this is going to be a timeshare. And the last couple of years, the running back who has the presumed lion's share of the backfield going into the season, I think the last three or four years, Kansas City hasn't had it at the end of the season. So, um, Damian Williams looks like a great idea right now, but it could be, Hyde, it could be Thompson, it could be Williams, who comes out with the lion share at the back end. So I like that pick. Um, Eagles taking Elijah Holyfield. Uh, I think there were plenty of truthers, and I think a lot of people saw the, uh, the Twitter pictures of those biceps before the season started, but that did not really help him. Come combine time. Um, Trace McSorley to the Bills. Uh, Penn State quarterback, very mobile quarterback. It's going to be interesting to see how – Baltimore um, deploys him. I think I've heard rumors that they're going to try and use him like Taysom Hill. And my counterpoint would be, how's that different from how they're using uh, Lamar Jackson? But that said, um, you know, for how they want to try and run that team, McSorley could quickly see himself as the backup quarterback to Lamar Jackson, who's likely to get hurt. Um, I think uh, Griffin uh, Russell, Robert Griffin III is the current backup, so again, it's a good spot to invest in and could provide some value to the Bills. I would not be shocked if McSorley is starting at least two games over the next two years. Um, then Travis Homer um, has been a popular pick as a Seattle running back. I think people see that as a massive timeshare. Um, Penny has part of it. Carson has part of it. Uh, Procise has left. Davis has left. Uh, there's definitely an opportunity for that third back to step up and get there. 100 to 150 carries, Homer could absolutely be that guy, so a uh, great pick at the end of the fourth round. Uh, I'll go ahead and check chat here and see if there's anyone else who wants to jump in. Um, Doesn't look like it, so my continued monologue continues. Um, hopefully, you know, at some point someone will join in because while I don't tire of hearing myself speak, I'm sure you all do. Um, Anyways, uh, top of the fifth round, 501, is Chauncey Garner-Johnson, who, after the position changes today, definitely picked up some value. Uh, Saints skipped their pick. Panthers picked up Ugo Amadi. Patriots skip their pick. Um, Jags, Clayton Thorson. Titans pick up Zach Gentry, who, as it turns out, they put directly on Taxi Squad and has already been stolen. So uh, congratulations on to Zach Gentry for being the first player stolen uh, from Taxi Squad so far this year. Um, Well, I think rookie, at least. Uh, I had a player stolen earlier in the draft, but he was not a rookie. Um, But first rookie stolen this year, I believe, goes to Zach Gentry. Um, 507 and 508 to the Broncos were Emmanuel Hall and Julian Love. Um, 509 to the Ravens, Amani Hooker. Um, 510, Vikings take Ashton Doolin. Uh, 511, Isaiah Bugs to the Raiders. 512, Kalen Saunders to the Redskins, Pat skipped the 513, Andrew Van Andrew Van Ginkle. No, I don't make these names up. To the Eagles, Dylan Mitchell to the Rams, LJ Scott to the Vikings at 516, Foster Moreau to the Colts at 517, Ravens and Niners skip the 518 and 519. Will Harris goes to the Bengals at 520. Uh, Vikings take Jazz Ferguson at 521. Eagles take Ryan Connolly at 522. Giants and Panthers skip 523 and 524. Lions skip 525. Um, Dolphins take Jordan Rayford uh, at 526. Panthers skip 527. Amani Owarie go to the Cardinals at 528. Anthony Johnson to the Cowboys at 529. Definitely a solid pick, picking up um, one of these Tampa Bay receivers. No one knows... Quite exactly how that depth chart is going to shake out. Eagles pick up Kingsley Kiki at uh, 530. Panthers and Saints skip the next three. Sean Bunting to the Titans at 534. EJ Speed to the the Broncos at 535. Ty Summers to the Packers at 536. Marvell Tell to the Dolphins at 538. And Mr. Irrelevant in this year, 539. Dre Greenlaw going to the Redskins. So that's how we end up the uh, fifth round. I just knocked it all out together because, well, we're talking about the fifth round of a draft at this point. Uh, a couple of points. Um, like I mentioned, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson uh, changed from corner to safety for New Orleans. So uh, if he gets time, it's definitely potentially a positional, a positional upgrade for him. Um, Zach Gentry uh, could get some time as a Pittsburgh tight end. Uh, and like I said, it's already been stolen. I believe he's on the Chargers now. Um other points of reference, LJ Scott, who I drafted as he was part of the practice squad at Baltimore, has already joined Cleveland, so um, you know this is going to be fun for these fifth-round picks to see where they start and where they end up. Uh, I mentioned I picked uh, Jez Ferguson at 521. He's already been cut from my team, so I think he's the first of that to happen. Um, and then Sean Bunting, uh, I think it was a higher-than-expected corner-taken in the draft. I think it was a second or third round corner, day two corner. Uh, but again, going in the supplemental of our draft shows what the lead thinks corners, but again, could be a great value for the Titans. Um, all right. So that finishes up the draft. And as mentioned, we'll transition from the draft over to um, power rankings. So again, power rankings, first and foremost, this is me doing a whole lot of this. Um what I did basically here was I went through each of the rosters and talked, looked through who were really the main contributors in each position for each team, and then tried to give that a rating of 1 to 10, one being, dear God, I wouldn't touch up with a 10-foot pole, aka my team last year, or 10, holy shit, how did they make this work? Um, so after giving those ratings, I also gave a weighting based off of uh, how important that position tends to be in terms of scarcity, as well as... Um, really determining how a team does over the course of the year. Uh, based off of that, I have both a composite score and a raw score. Um, and based off the sorting on the composite score, I have our top 32. Um, I'm going to be honest, the team I have number one right now, I did not see coming. Um, but, you know, I'm happy to to, to jinx this team uh, because, you know, it's going to be more fun to do that. Anyways, um I'll start from the bottom and climb up again. Uh, if you'd like to join and give your two cents on uh, some of these teams, be, please by all means do. Uh, you know, Like I said, there's going to be a point where everyone gets tired of my voice. Hell, I get tired of it sometimes. And uh, it's going to be better to have other contributors telling me that uh, either I'm making sense or I'm not making sense. Uh, before I get started here, I will check here. Ah, the Chargers said he may join. Do, do, and, right. Let me send this over to chargers, and then I will go ahead and get going. All right, so number... 32, um, a.k.a. my best pick for who's going to be the first overall pick in 2020. I don't think anyone's really going to be surprised by this. It's the Denver Broncos. Um, The owner got kind of a raw deal in terms of taking over this team. Um, Had already traded away its 2019 first, as well as a number of other picks from when Eagleman had uh, control of the roster. Um, And then recently traded Ezekiel Elliott to grab Russell Wilson uh, as quarterback again, Zeke was going to about twenty million dollar clip at running back, which is quite expensive. But Russ is going at thirty million at quarterback. So um, team didn't have his first, uh, has Russ, but then not much else. So um, from a defensive perspective, has some stuff going for it on the back end, above average uh, D end position. But I, I think no one would be surprised uh, by this team ending up as the first overall pick next year despite the fact that they've got Ross. Um, now as we get into the season, as players get injured, and as competitors need fill-ins at different positions, it'll be interesting to see if uh, he's able to move uh, Wilson for um, some building blocks, as well as uh, to make the salaries work, because like I said, he was at the $30 million cap hit. All right, uh, second overall pick, or 31st team, um, in terms of power ranks, again, I don't think this is going to be much surprise here. Uh, I have the New England Patriots. Um, no quarterback, no starting running back. Uh, Godwin is the number one receiver, and Njoku um, is getting credit out in terms of targets at tight end. Uh, really invested in their defense, though, this year. I really, I really like this team's draft in terms of how they doubled down on the defense. Um, Quinion Williams and uh, Wilkins at D-tackle. Uh, Bosa at uh, the end. Um, and they've got good, solid pieces on the defense so that they give that defense a year to grow. They use 2020 to build the offense. This team can bounce back relatively quickly. But as it sits for team, uh, I, I don't think this is going to be a challenger in the East. Like I said, I think this is going to be a challenger for the first overall pick. Um, moving on to 30, uh, we have. Oh, we have members of, the, of uh, the peanut gallery here. We've got Matt and we've got Sean who have joined. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, man. You know, concentrate on the road. I don't want to get you in an accident here. I can see you're oh, in your car.
1: I'm parked. No worries.
0: And we've got Sean uh, of the Washington team um, who is joining, not even saying it himself. He's making me say it, which is even worse. I think I have to charge him uh, a fourth round pick just for doing this. Is that uh, Dan Snyder is currently the best owner in the NFL GMs with the black magic he's pulled off in his trades. Now back to work. Love you all. All right, Sean. Uh, I've said it. Now I appreciate you uh, sending me that fourth round pick whenever you get a chance. What a guy. I know, truly. Um, Anyways, uh, so, man, I know you're uh, in between stuff, so I'll, uh, I'll do the the introduction, but I, I'll, I'll let you uh, jump in here with some of the thoughts here. You will not be shocked at who I have as the 30th overall team in the Power Rankings. Uh, as mentioned, I had the Broncos at 32 and Pats at 31. I have another one of your uh, division mates at 30. Can you guess who it is?
1: I'm going to go with the Raiders.
0: You are right. Yeah. Um, made a trade with me for uh, Joe Flacco earlier today. So he's got the Denver stack uh, there as carry on Johnson with some options at running back. Um, But quite a few open spots at uh, other positions. Um, Really a lot of questions to be answered before this team can be considered a competitor. But that said, he does have, I think $80 million worth of cap space. So, you know, maybe he could use some of that to, fill out the rest of his team, who knows?
1: Yeah, it's interesting what he's doing there just because it seems like he's basically just hard punting every single year until he's got just dozens of cheap rookie guys that he's going to eventually have to pay at some point. Um, And then I guess he's going to try and go the Chiefs way, kind of, where he fills that in with the metric – Ass ton of free agents, but I just I'm not 100% sure what he's doing there because at some point you either have to start taking back bad salaries and getting more picks, um, like at a higher rate than he already is, or you need to start turning some of your rookies or picks into overpaid players to use that cap space. Um, or maybe you just rebuild for like eight years and then eventually you get a team good enough to actually compete for something.
0: You know but. all viable options. So or, or maybe they just do something that we haven't seen before. But yeah, it's it's he's got the cap space, he's got the contract space, and he's got the need. So does he start taking on injured players as as he needs? Again, could it be that a team needs uh, this, the Raiders to step up with cap because they need to add Russell Wilson, but to make it happen, they need to send three bad contracts and are willing to send their first round pick to, to make sure that they can absorb it. So, yeah. Time will tell. It's going to be interesting.
1: I mean, that dude's got a plan. I don't know what it is, but I've talked to him a few times, just like trade wise, and he's got a very solid idea of where he's going and what he wants to do. He's not quite divulge it, but he knows what he's doing in the sense that he's got his plan and is how he's going to go through with it. But it's going to be interesting to say the police.
0: Yep. All right, so that's kind of the bottom tier of three. Uh, there's kind of a break in terms of how the scores of the um, the overall um, break out. And then the 29th overall team I have, uh, and this is going to be great because I really hope he jumps back in the chat and trolls us all like he did at the end of the first round uh, with some of the reactions to his big trade with the Saints. Uh, 29th I have the Seattle Seahawks. Um interesting situation across the board here. Uh Mariota and Keenum, two probably starting week one quarterbacks to may not be starting by week eight. Uh Kamara as a starter in week one at running back with Hunt. But again, what happens to Kareem Hunt by week ten? Uh also has Bryce Love and Justice Hill. Um receivers, a lot of maybes, not a whole lot of things I put a lot of stock in, then Austin Hooper. Uh defense isn't really impressive um, except for uh, Landon Collins. But again, you know, one of those things that if he can make some trades to fill out his defense um, seemed to blow it up this year to go for the pick route um, in terms of the trades he was making. So I think this is where he wants to be in that top five for 2020. But I I don't think uh, anyone looks at this roster and says, yeah, this is a team that's going to compete in the NFC West.
1: Didn't he trade his first-round pick next year, Seahawks?
0: I don't think so. Um, Let me see if I can pull that up real fast. Uh, He did the Donald and other trade. Um,
1: I knew he blew up a bunch of – it seemed like he was blowing his team up, and then suddenly he was trading a bunch of picks next year for later picks this year.
0: Holy shit, yeah, the Falcons own his 2020 first-round pick. So, um, yeah, he doesn't even own his first. So, shit. It's obvious he's doing – I don't know what he's doing to to quote –
1: I don't think he knows what he's doing, to be totally honest.
0: To quote the great – I can't remember his name, the guy from Major League. And I am embarrassed I can't come up with his name off the top of my head. Uh, But still, um, don't love the look of this team and don't think he's in a great position for 2020. And it's looking like the Falcons may have themselves a nice asset here. Again, difficult for me to say, especially to compliment the Redskins or the Falcons, but here we are. <laughs>
1: They're just modeling themselves after you. You should take it as the ultimate compliment.
0: But I didn't trade my first-round pick. Like, there's, there's a certain level of common sense. Like, if you know you're No, literally- no, I'm
1: saying the Falcons and Redskins. Well, at least the Falcons. Falcons didn't trade his first round pick next
0: year. No, that's fair. They, they, they didn't, and both had to recover. I think the Redskins had to recover from already having dealt his first. So yeah. Anyways, um, speaking of another team who traded their first round pick at twenty eight, um, uh, probably the person I have is uh, last place in the AFC South, uh, making some big moves, um, during the draft to free up some cap space. But I think uh, definitely had a couple of us shaking our heads or scratching our heads saying. Gave up his first-round pick for what? Um, 28th, I have the ten, the uh, Houston Texans. And big reason here. Uh, yeah, big reason yeah, here. Uh, Allen, the quarterback, and I'm not sold there. Um, not really a lot of options. Uh, he's got Kevin Coleman running back. Um, receiver with uh, Jakeem Grant and ESB. Doesn't really inspire confidence. Uh, Hayden Hurst at tight end, same situation, so... His offense really isn't impressive. He's got Frank Clark – not Frank Clark. Um Bill Clark at deep tackle from the uh, Packers, which is nice, and a really good linebacking core. Um, but I don't think this team really has the firepower to compete with the rest of this division um, due to the, the quality it has in terms of depth. So definitely a building team. But in order to clear itself of the producers and large contracts he had, um, he – gave up his first round pick. So uh, again I, I and again this sucks because it went to the Redskins. So I hate complimenting these teams, but it looks like the Redskins pulled off a nice little coup, picking up a top five pick, and I think the Texans might have themselves a long year.
1: Didn't they didn't he trade his first excuse me, last year in that playoff push? He like squeaked into the playoffs and was like, Oh, we're gonna go all the way And then traded his first or something like that.
0: He traded his first to squeak in in the playoffs because of something that happened at the end of the year. I can't remember exactly what it was, but you're right. Uh, squeaks in and actually won the first in the in the wild card round, if I remember correctly. Um, uh-huh. So squeaked in and then I and clapped then, his cheeks. Yeah, and then blew up his team this year. So um, I've been in other leagues with him in this kind of format, and uh, he does well when he's been able to build from the back, but. Um, giving up your twenty twenty first when the team is where it is isn't necessarily building like that. So um who knows maybe Josh Allen and Kevin Coleman surprise us. Maybe Jakeem Grant ends up the wide receiver one in Miami and I end up looking like an ass. It's happened before, it's gonna happen again, uh especially with some of these predictions. But right now, um I have them as a the top as the fifth overall pick in twenty twenty. So you know what talking about huh? You know we haven't talked enough about that we, we've, we should probably dedicate a podcast to? Um, there's, like,
1: several people, but probably one of the new owners. I'm going to go with Redskins.
0: You're right. We should talk more about the Redskins, which is a good thing because they're the 27th uh, team in my power rankings.
1: Yeah, they've made a uh, – they've come in with some big boy moves, that's for sure. Um like I can't even name one off the top of my head because he's ha- he's made what eleven moves since
0: he joined the league or some crazy number like that. It's been I, I would take the over on that. Um, yeah. So when he took over the Pretty team, because remember Ian was the owner before, he had yep. traded first this year to get move up and get Sam Donald in the draft. Um, mm-hmm. Sam Donald's gone, and I think that was in a deal to pick up some stuff, some juice to pick up uh, Josh Allen, and then Josh Allen is gone to get Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson turned into a $20 million Zeke. But now the Redskins is sitting there on offense with uh, Dwayne Haskins, Zeke, and uh, Jordan Howard. Um, Not a great receiving core, but, you know, there's got to be some weakness here. Uh, Ian Thomas, Uzoma, and Sample at tight end. Um, And then a defense that in the front seven is probably about average, and the back end still has some uh, room to grow except for Beard. But, again, looking at his depth of firsts as well as the strength on offense, um, this is the this is team that has a bright future, especially considering themselves having uh, a, a rookie quarterback on a very cheap contract.
1: Yeah, he's put himself in a really good position compared to a lot of the other teams that we've talked about so far. Um, like, he's already got an offensive core – which is one of the bigger things that you need in this league. Like, not to toot my horn, but I think I've got a fairly solid offensive team. But even then, it's like I've got zilch at running back. So, realistically, my team's never going to be like – I think you rated me in, like, third or fourth last year, and I think that was generous just because my best running back's Austin Eichler or Eichler. Yep. And so, the fact that, yeah, he's paying Zeke $20 million, but barring some crazy NFL weirdness, Zeke's going to be a running back that may not be worth exactly $20 million, but the fact that you're just going to have a running back you know is going to get 20 points every week is a godsend, especially when you've got, what, seven or eight picks?
0: Yeah. No, exactly. So... He's a good spot. The interesting thing is going to be, uh, this was definitely a defensive draft. Uh, I'm not going to be pretend to be an expert on next year's draft. There's always going to be strong defensive players, um, but definitely more of an offensive focus. So um, a lot of his holes at this point does seem to be at the receiver position as well as defense. Um, whether or not he's going to be able to easily fill those uh, between that or other uh, deals he makes during the year. So um, I think, again, this is a team that's in a really good position. Um, they're looking at having – the fifth and sixth in terms of power rankings, uh, picks next year. Um, and already have the quarterback position locked down. So, uh, again, lots of, uh, nice things to say. And because I said all those nice things, that fourth round pick that the Redskins owe me has now just jumped to a third round pick. Um, anyways, going on to the 26th, uh, rank, uh, we're back to the NFC West. Um, this time we have a team that I don't think a lot of people are going to going to expect but i have the uh los angeles rams as the number 26 team in my power rankings um golf is fantastic in terms of somebody he traded for uh traded newton for him and adams uh sorry traded Newton for golf and adams um in a deal before the uh, rollover uh so as golf at running back lindsey at running back i'm sorry golf at quarterback lindsey at running back uh, Devonte Adams and Jameson Crowder at receiver. Um, Jimmy Graham at tight end. And then the defense is good, but not great, uh, but has the potential to jump back at the DN D- position at the very least. Um, but other positions outside of corner, uh, still improvements to be found. Um, that said, in that division, as it's currently stacked up with the Niners and Cardinals, I don't think this is a team that's going to win a lot of games. I think it's uh, got too little firepower um, in terms of depth at positions, uh, despite the fact that they have some really big names in certain positions. So uh, I can see the Rams uh, falling back a little bit and being in that top-10 conversation.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you listing off who's on that team because I, the Rams are just one of those teams where they're not really – bad enough to where it's like wow look how bad this team is and it's not one of the teams that's just stockpiling first round picks so and it kind of just exists and it's not working for them, but it's also not a huge negative for them. Mm -hmm. um they just they're kind of screwed in the division they're in with the cardinals and some of the player contracts he has um just long-term value wise um but, I mean, it's just, it's just a team that doesn't inspire a whole lot of emotion to me. I, I just don't even think about them.
0: Definitely. All right. Um, moving down, uh, we have the, uh, the Dolphins sitting there at the 24th – I'm sorry, the 25th overall position. Um, so a couple of highlights here. Uh, Big Ben at quarterback. Uh, picked up Finley potentially as the heir apparent in Cincinnati. Um You've got uh, Jones, Ingram, uh, Dexter Williams, and McGuire at running back. So nothing incredible, but nothing terrible. The receivers are elite compared to the rest of the league with A.J. Green, Keenan Allen, and uh, Christian Kirk. Uh, Tight end is not elite with his fourth-round pick, Beck, being probably his best option there. Um, Ed Oliver at D-tackle should develop into something great, but is still a rookie, so I'm not going to overrate him right now. Um, the end is still something of to build with Bennett, uh, Alonzo and Klein at, uh, linebacker. So not elite, but, uh, good enough. And then, um, you've got Howard at corner and peppers and bell and Von bell at, uh, safety. So, um, the defense is going to be with holding this team back, the receivers and, um, the quarterback and receivers are, so, are pretty solid, uh, but then the running backs and tight ends aren't quite where they need to be. So that said, uh, again, I, I expect this team to be um, at the bottom end of the of the AFC East. Um, again, I think the Bills and the um, Jets are going to be the, the favorites in this division. Um, so I think the Dolphins are going to be one of those teams that will find themselves in the top ten.
1: Yeah, they've got a weird team. Um, I definitely see them going more on the lower end side. But with just the way that team's built, if they hit some lucky breaks, I could also see them being like not a playoff team, but one of those fringe fringe wild card teams where maybe they make a move like the Texans last year where they trade away a chunk of their future to try and squeak in. Um, but more than likely than not, I definitely think they're going to be on like the edge of they're, they're not super bad, but they're also not good enough to be good. Um, so they're, pro- I, yeah, the, around the top 10 tick wise is where I think I'd have them realistically, but I could also see a world where they sneak in or are on the edge of sneaking in to the playoffs, barring a big move, just if things break, right? Yeah. Um, which is just how best ball works.
0: No, of course. Um, all right. Uh, speaking of teams that have set themselves up for the future, well, but, uh, not quite there yet. Um, Falcons at the 24th rank, um, quick highlight, frozen at quarterback, uh, Jacobs, and Montgomery at, uh, running back. Uh, so very young, but very unproven there. Uh, Debo and a at wide receiver. Um, Delaney Walker and Hawkinson at tight end. Um, Jarrett Byron and Tillery at D tackle. Uh, Kenny Clark and Derek Barnett at the end. Edmonds Thompson and Brown at linebacker. Um, a solid corner core, nothing overly flashy, but still solid. And then Allen at safety. Um, again, good building blocks. He's got a number of first-round picks next year as well to continue building. Uh, especially, you know, still might have a need at uh, quarterback, may not find himself um, organically in a position to take the quarterback of the future he needs, but should have plenty of ammo if he needs to move up and get it.
1: Yeah, I think the Falcons are pretty much putting themselves in a position to where they're going to have a metric ton of draft capital next year. Um, It's just a matter on whether or not they hit on the picks which if they miss on those picks, that could put them into a world of hurt. Um, but it's just that's, that's fantasy in general. So he's giving himself the most, the most possible ammo to go and make those shots, and he just has to go and make them, and then he should be in a very, very good position moving forward.
0: Yep, agree. All right, um, so that's the bottom 10. Uh, moving now to the 22nd uh, overall grade we have uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers um, and we're still kind of in that uh, range that I started with the Seahawks uh, these are all kind of blend together here in the middle pack um, and we have that basically going until the uh, there's really not a good point of line of demarcation to be honest uh, between this bottom range and the top five um, but again the Steelers a uh, quick highlight Matt Ryan at quarterback um, Nothing really to speak of at running back all and Zigbo and Clement. Um receivers on the other hand are looking very nice with Julio, uh Sammy Watkins, Sanu, and Paul Richardson. Um you got Cook and Great at tight end, um, D tackle of Logan, the ends of uh Drell Casey and uh Cam Hayward, um, Fen Wright at linebacker, Roby and Young at corner, and uh Baker joiner and Riley at safety. So um some good strength at the back end of the defense uh, and a good passing game for the Steelers. But the running game and uh, you know, is not going to help as much. And considering where he sits in, in the AFC, um, I don't think this looks like a playoff team in May.
1: Man, imagine if that team had one of those really good running backs.
0: Exactly, like the running back one for say the Jaguars. Wouldn't that be a yeah, great? Yeah, yeah,
1: like a Leonard Fournette. That'd be that'd be crazy. That team would just be crazy. They they'd be a lot better with something like a Leonard Fournette there.
0: I think we just leave think... with that.
1: <laughs> Excuse me.
0: Anyways, moving on. Uh, number twenty in the. I'm sorry, twenty one in the Power Rings, the Buccaneers. Um, big things to highlight on this team. Andy Dalton at quarterback, uh, Todd Gurley and Tariq Cohen at running back. Both running backs are in a position to either maintain some very elite status or really are risk for for a big fall off. Um, not a whole lot to talk about at uh receiver tight end. Ertz and Dan Arnold, not to, nothing to really shake a stick at, um, D tackle is not great with Reeder. Uh, Graham at the end, same situation. Trevathan and Brown at linebacker. Lattimore and Ward, really, you know, making sure they get the Ohio State uh, corners to build around. And then Adams and Evans, a solid, uh, t- to round up the solid back four. So, again, um, some studs in uh, Gurley, Ertz, and then the back four, but not a lot of stuff around them to really make this a. A uh, competitive team. I think you know they're outside the top ten. Unfortunately for me, since I think I have their first next year, but um, not a team that uh, is going to be a real playoff contender unless Gurley uh, comes back and drops a four hundred bomb on everybody.
1: Yeah, I don't really know what to say about Bucks. To be totally honest, he made that whack trade with his dad. I think it was. Um, it's just that team's weird. The owner's weird. He's always valued picks weirdly. I'm pretty sure for the rest of the existence of this league, we're going to be saying he's in that, like, 20 to, like, 14 range of teams. Um, Never somebody that's going to be like, yeah, it's a playoff team. It's going to be somebody that, wow, that team's bad, but not bad enough to be, like, progressively bad and not good enough to be a money team.
0: Got it. It's just weird. Yep, I agree. All right, continuing on. Um, just checking chat to see if anything important has popped up. Not yet. Uh, so we've now moved to number 20 overall, finally. Even though I've said it, I think, three or four times that it's number 20, this time actually is number 20. Uh, it's the Jags. Um, so the Jacksonville Jaguars in this league have Carson once a quarterback. Um Running back is in a aging or dire position with uh, Shady McCoy and Rex Burkhead, uh, but they've rebuilt run, around some promising receivers in Nikhil Harry, James Washington, and Nelson Aguilar. Uh, Shifting into defense, um, you've got uh, Sean Richardson, uh, Joey Bosa, uh, Khalil Mack, Gilmore Peterson, and Greedy as a strong corner core as well as Quinn and Adderley at safety. So um, some good pieces on defense, Uh, Wentz in a receiving core on offense. Uh, Again, not enough to really make it run at anything here. Um, In terms of raw score, they're pretty good, uh, but not great in in this position. So um, they've got a lot of talent, but not necessarily in the right places. All right, did I lose you? Looks like I lost Matt here for a little bit. All right, well, we will continue while he goes on with his uh, his real working life and everything. Nineteenth. Um, well, all...
1: responding to goose.
0: And... Oh, you're responding to goose. Gotcha. Okay. Um, any thoughts about the Jags before I move on?
1: Not really. Just another team that's kind of existing. I think they made a couple moves. If I remember correctly, that were positive, but it's just uh, there's a lot of meh in the middle here. Nothing, nobody, none of the teams I think are going to be ranked in like the next four or five are teams that are making positive moves. Um, I guess unless you rank yourself for the next four or five, then I guess that would you, you make generally positive moves. But it's just like off the top of my head, the teams that I think. I'd put in here. There's just a lot of teams that are going to be stagnant for basically ever.
0: So, I do have myself in the next four or five here. I um, also have a surprise, and a couple of surprises in the next four or five here, uh, which will really probably put my, my ranks here. Uh, if people haven't stopped listening at this point, they will probably stop in the next <laughs> four or five. Um, anyways, so the 19th overall team is probably my, my biggest surprise so far. And I keep looking at it to see what the hell did I do to get them to end up here, and I I, I can't figure out a reason to not have them here. It's the Jets. Um, so going to be pissed. That's my doubles partner. Um, but <laughs> but still, I mean, I look at this team. He's got the Carolina stack at quarterback, which I think is really solid. But then you look at the running back position. He's got McKinnon, and then not a whole lot of stuff to write home about there. A really good receiving core with Dig, Shepard, uh, Brown, and Nicole Hardman, or great potential one, and um, Evan Ingram at at uh, tight end. But then Hargrave at D tackle doesn't really blow my skirt up. Uh, D Ford I think looks good at D end, but behind that, not a whole lot. Um, Davis and Wake are, I think, average linebackers. Um, And then at corner and safety, I think he's also toting the average line there. Um, I know he loves May as a Jets fan, but I haven't seen him produce to a level uh, (coughs) of being an elite safety, especially in IDP. So um, that said, I think we're starting to hit that middle of the pack here. And except for his passing game on, on offense and forward on defense, nothing really is above average on this team for May.
1: Yeah, that seems about right. Like, obviously, his wide receivers are very good or have the potential to be very good in a couple cases. Um, but for the most part, his offense is, offense is very, very good. His defense is a bunch of guys he's going to need to have best ball-type years to really do a whole lot with. Um I could see him squeaking into the playoffs or, like, even winning his division. But barring some fantastical run of weeks from those best ball guys, it's just not a whole lot – not a whole lot of, like, oomph to that defense that's going to drive it week to week.
0: True story. All right. So, speaking of terrible, terrible calls um, – The next team I have here is where everyone finally stops listening to the podcast. So I appreciate everyone tuning in so far. This is the point where any credibility I had goes out the window. Um, That being said, who do you think I have ranked next? You
1: or me? One of us. Nope. Goose.
0: You are correct.
1: I think that's reasonable.
0: All right, so before everyone hangs up, let me show my work here. Um, the New York Gi- Giants stack is not as productive as he's had at that position in the past. Uh, but again, it's cheaper than he's had at the past, probably. Um, the running back position really has Deion Lewis and a lot of depth. Uh, his receiver position likely has a lot of contributors, but again, may not be contributing at the same point as they were last year, of, you know, Wood Stills, uh, Taylor Gabriel Humphreys and then picked up JJ Arcega Whiteside in the first round. I think he's picked up Arcega Whiteside in pretty much every draft I've seen him in. So uh, then moving over to tight end, has Burton Croft and Watson, which could end up being three starting tight ends. Uh, Goldman and Harris at D tackle, uh, Clay Campbell at the end, uh, two pass rushers at linebacker and Kerrigan and Barr, um, Joseph Carr at corner and Tony Jefferson at safety. So one of the the hallmarks of a goose team is everyone contributes. And again, the fact that he doesn't have anyone that jumps off the page and says, holy shit, this guy is incredible is again, a hallmark of a goose team. But because of that, I don't necessarily see someone carrying this team from week to week. He really does need someone to be a major contributor, uh, jumping off the page every week in order for this team to, to work. Um, so that's why it's kind of falling in that midpoint when it's overachieved that, um, but, again, a lot of those people who did that last year um, haven't been identified and haven't been picked up yet. So, uh, you know, that's, that's the Goose uh, mantra here. But, like I said, um, if you're still listening, I have Goose at number 18 in the power ranks.
1: I'd probably bet good money that Goose still finishes in the playoffs and probably wins his division. Um, but just because that's Goose, and I don't think I'd be a smart man if I bet against Goose. But his team isn't as strong as it usually is, for sure. Um, I don't think the power ranking is necessarily wrong. Um, I just assume that if Goose comes out to a slow start, he'll start being more, not pressured, but he'll start pushing more for trades. Because, like, I know he sent me a couple offers for players because I've been kind of open about my... Like, not unhappiness with my team, but just general, like, yeah, it's a team. It'll get me my money from winning my division, but not much past that. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting to see how Goose kind of reacts to having a team that's not good to go right off rip. Um, I don't think I've seen him really have to do that within a season before, but in any of the leagues that I've been in with him. Um so it's going to be interesting, just because he doesn't really have any, like the outside. The rushing linebackers can be good, but you need to have a guy that's going to be dependable at that position as well. Because you're not going to get sacks from three different guys every single week if you if you were roster. What did he have? Six linebackers or something like that? Five, maybe.
0: Something like that. I don't have his, his roster in front of me at the moment.
1: Yeah, but. He, he'd need to have big weeks. From like from three dudes every single week at linebacker, basically, or have or be starting three defensive ends, or however many you can start max this league. Um, so it's gonna be interesting to see how he responds to not really being goose stacked, because he's well, not I mean... really like stacked in straight talent, but.
0: The other side of this, which is the, the again, burying the lead aspect of this, is based off these rankings, I have myself ranked higher than Goose, which um, I've tried to build it that way, but it is probably a over, <laughs> over uh, you know, inflation of my own skill at the moment. But that said, um, like I said, I am within the next couple of, uh, of, of teams here. Um so finishing out the bottom half of the Power Ranks, we have number 17, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Um, again, this is <coughs> we have, I think it was the uh, presumed runner-up in the AFC East. And so again, um, your closest competition, but calling it close would be, uh, you know, a, insult's the wrong word, but uh, selling it short, quarterback of uh, Deshaun Watson, um, Williams and Hyde at, at from KC as the main contributors at running back. Uh, Fitz Brown and Brown um, at wide receiver. Um have Ebron at tight end. Meebane um, and McClendon at the tackle. Brockers at the end. Uh, Goodson at linebacker. Fuller and White at uh, corner. Again, two solid corners, but again, White doesn't necessarily get targeted as much to really make him as valuable, and Clinton Dix at safety. Um, so from an overall perspective, kind of a middle-of-the-road team, but has some investments in the right spaces, especially on offense, that um, I expect us to be the runner-up in the East and a potential uh, wild-card team in the AFC. Does that, does
1: that officially make the uh, AFC West The weakest division, effectively. I don't think you've named off three division play or division teams from the same division yet, other than the AFC West.
0: The AFC East, I think I've named three. I've named the Pats. I've named the Dolphins, and I've named. Oh yeah, yeah, Jets.
1: Jets. Two ago.
0: So it's between the two of you right now. Um. Just a quick look to see if there are any others. I named off three of, but I think that does it. We've got the Lions who's the South, the Bucks in the North. I'm sorry, the Bucks in the South, Lions in the North, Falcons in the South. Yeah, I think it's yeah the 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 West and the East of the ASC maybe the uh, oh. in in the competition, and uh, you know we'll see who I have as the weakest in the next couple of uh, of teams here.
1: That's crazy. Yeah, no, the Je- not the Jets, the, uh, the Chiefs are a weird team. I'm good friends with the owner, Steve. Um, and he's kind of subscribed to the idea that maybe he can come in every season and kind of redraft style, do it and just buy a bunch of dudes and then keep like guys he thinks he got on like nice, nice deals and then let everyone else walk and just bring in new players every season. I just don't think that's going to work long-term. Um, I realistically think he should probably just blow it up this season, get a really high, nice draft pick, um, get a cheap offensive player, whether that's running back quarterback or wide receiver, and then go from there. Um, But it's, it's going to be interesting if he does stick to the redraft style to see if he can ever get some success out of it. I don't think he will just because of the style of the league. It's, you get punished for trying to buy players in free agency regularly. Um, cause like We had, what, Adam Humphreys go for $14 million or something this past offseason? Or this past free agency season?
0: Something like so, that. We're going to find him real fast.
1: Yeah, you're not going to find good deals on the offensive talent. So unless he's spending all five of his picks, however many picks every draft on offensive players and then trying to get cheap deals on defensive guys. Um, I just don't see that team ever doing more than winning a handful of games in the division and getting a less great draft pick because he's playing against two horrendous teams in the Broncos and the Raiders every year. So.
0: No, and again, it, I will say there is a little bit of uh, hypocrisy is maybe the wrong word, but uh, self-interest in telling what would be probably your biggest competitor in your division that he needs to blow (laughs) up. So I'm going to go ahead and say maybe he should seek a second opinion there. Hey, man,
1: uh, I tried trading him Antonio Brown, and he wasn't having it. He was like, I don't think I can win this year. I was like, okay, that's fine. I I don't want to help you anyways. like, okay.
0: Yeah, no, I get it. All right. Um. Again. So now is the time that we've all been waiting for. Um, the the spot that uh, everyone was wondering where it was going to be, and um, without further ado, where I have overranked myself. Um, the Vikings at the 16th overall rank. Uh, a couple things about my my team. Um, quarterback at Kyler Murray. Um, first overall pick this year. Uh, running backs of. Uh, let's see Royce Freeman, Damian Harris, and Kalen Ballage. Uh, receivers led by A. Rob and Justin Watson. Mark Andrews at tight end. Um, Geno Atkins and Draymond Jones at D tackle. Uh, Trey Flowers, Okafor, and Farrell um, at the end. Um, Bush, Davis, and Evans at linebacker. Uh, Jenkins and King at corner and. Uh, Weddle and Malcolm Jenkins at safety. So um have heavy investment in the defense. Um a lot of youth on the offense in terms of uh you know, people who haven't shown yet but should show up well on best ball. Um but yeah, people were wondering where I was gonna show up in here. And I probably looking at this have overrated myself in a couple positions, but um nevertheless here we are um in the fifteenth overall spot. Sorry, sixteenth overall spot.
1: Sorry, I had to jump out and respond to a uh, message really quick. I don't, I don't hate that ranking for you. I think it's a little tiny bit high, um, but I don't think it's, I think it's just there's a really big group here, like you were saying earlier, about how there's not a huge difference between like the top end of this group and the top top end. Um, I like, I think the last well, past like four or five people have all been basically like interchangeable. Um, like I might put Goose above you, um, you above Chiefs still, but move Chiefs down too, and then move Jets up ahead of you and Chiefs. But realistically, like this, I think your team's in a good spot of nice middle in the road, continuing on with your rebuild and working forward. Um, I do think you might underachieve on actual record on the season. Um Because I don't think you're gonna beat Goose twice. Just I don't think it'll happen. Um, I think your division's a little bit tougher, except for maybe Lions. Uh, But ultimately, I I don't like. I I don't disagree with that power ranking for you. I think it just might record-wise, you might end up a little bit lower than that. But I don't think you'd realistically mind because that'd just be a better pick and help you move forward.
0: Yeah, and again, I, th- I think there is, like you said, a, a, a conglomeration between the Jets, would be Santee with uh, the Jets, Goose, myself, the Chiefs, and then maybe this next team um, for kind of uh, who, who should kind of be in this rank. But I agree, you know, I doubt I beat Santee twice um, in terms of wins and losses. I think I'll probably end up in the top 10 to 12 uh, in terms of actual record. But in terms of talent, I think I'm, I'm again, I'm, I think I've moved in the right direction. I'm not going to, you know, self-hate myself, but at the same time, right, like, right, right, you know, no. I don't want to over my own horn.
1: I think the biggest, the biggest downside to your team is just it's so youthful
0: mm-hmm. that
1: a lot of those guys, we are not hundred percent sure what you'll be getting from them. Um, pure talent wise. I definitely think you could rate yourself a little bit higher, but then it's just a matter of does that talent actually translate to production? Um, which I wouldn't be too concerned about it being the case. Cause I, I, I think it will, I think you've got the right dudes there. Um, so I wouldn't, it's not self hate and it's not really tooting your own, your own horn too much.
0: Good. All right. Well, we're into the top 15 here and I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this next team because last year I actually didn't even rank this team. Um, it was a team that I had no idea which direction they were going. If they were trying to tank, they were trying to compete immediately. So I actually gave them an incomplete grade on the Power Ranks last year. And I promised this owner that he was going to get a ranking this year. And here it is. And as it, as it stands out, is our first division winner as the projected winner of the AFC East. It's the Buffalo Bills. Ah oh, no, Eric, Eric,
1: Eric, Eric, Eric.
0: I know it's it's you know here we go, and we're gonna probably have to live this down tomorrow when he listens to this, and we see him explode in chat and get really excited. But it it's probably well worth it at this point. Looking at the team, um, quick overview. Uh, you know, he's he's got this quarterback. I'm not sure who he traded to get Baker, but uh probably didn't really pay enough. I think that owner really probably sold Baker too short and should really be ashamed of himself. Um, but nonetheless, uh both have Baker Mayfield as a quarterback, uh Rashad Penny and Hines as their running backs, uh Jarvis Landry, Jones, Jenny um, Gary Jennings and uh Mr. Marius Thomas at receiver. Um Jason Witten at tight end, uh, Harrison at D-tackle, Miles Garrett, and now Burns being, as of this morning, converted to a D-end from a linebacker. Uh, Pretty good one-two punch there at uh, D-end. Hitchens as his core linebacker. um, Williams and Webb at corner, and Sparinger and Thornhill at safety. So, um, again, pretty solid at the top positions. you really need to make sure you have – strong performers. And, um, as it stacks against the East, I think the bills are the best team in the East. If
1: you asked me today to put money on one guy in the East to win it, I'd still say Santi. Um, but bills definitely has the names and the players there in place. If they perform to at minimum, make it a very tight race between the two of them. Um, my concern with the Bills would probably be depth. Um, he did get very – he's not lucky per se, but he he clucked out with Burns becoming a defensive end. Um, I was kind of worried he wouldn't be, but he did get that designation, so that makes that pick a lot better than the amount of uh, negative trash talking I had on it at the time. Yep. Um, so that helps that pick be, I'd say, very good. Um but overall, I don't think the Bills has a bad team. Um, I think it's actually very good for where he's at now. He did get a steal in Baker Mayfield because I don't remember what I traded Baker for. I just know that I got Luke out of it. I think I ended up using something from that trade to get Cooper. I think I got a first. Um, Cooper Cup. Keekley. And I want to say Wagner, but I don't know off the top of my head. Um, I know I got Wagner and Keekly from Eric at some point. Uh, yep. But I don't know if that was the Baker trade. Um, but I will be expecting my compensatory fourth-round picks from him for the rest of ever for that uh, Baker trade and helping him become a real football team in this league. Um but, no, I think I think Eric's moved in the right direction with that team. I don't think he's going to be a world beater. I could see him winning that division, but I also could see him losing a couple games out to Santi and just losing games here and there if studs don't perform and maybe missing out on the playoffs or squeaking in as a wild card. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's in the right direction for that team, which is really good for him.
0: I agree completely. All right, so – Moving to uh, the 14th rank, we have the Eagles. Um, again, this is a, another team that uh, has a new owner and might have picked up a slightly better position since it was... Um, i trying to think, who, who was the previous owner of this team? Um,
1: uh, it was Adam and Seth.
0: That's right, Adam and Seth. And uh, if we're talking IDP, Adam does have his own IDP podcast, so if this... I'm a little disappointed that this team is even stronger at defense than it should be, or uh, than it is. But this is one of the more balanced teams in this range is, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you have Tom Brady at quarterback, uh, Saquon, Henry, and Foreman at running back, Corey Davis, DK Metcalf, uh, Randall Cobb, and McLaurin at uh, receiver, Hunter Henry at tight end, um, you know, Fletcher Cox at D tackle, Robert Quinn as their main pass rusher. Um, Mark Barron and Reggie Ragland at, run, at linebacker. Xavier Rhodes at corner. And Adai at safety. So, um, in what was surprising to me, a formerly owned uh, sticky team having a stronger offense than a defense. But that said, um, definitely a balanced uh, distribution of talent between the two. And in a good position. Uh, in a very tight um, AFC, I'm sorry, NFC East.
1: Yeah, that was an interesting situation between Adam and Seth because I think they both put about fifty percent effort into that team. Um, I know they really liked the league idea, but were kind of thrown off by a certain former member, um, which. Not thrown off but they were just like kind of dissuaded from the league in general from some of the happenings in the chat and such um but I think it is I think the new Eagles owner has made a lot of good moves I think bringing bringing in Brady was a good one um I don't think he paid a whole lot to get Brady which helps because it gives him he's got Saquon Barkley and you gotta assume that Saquon's gonna have a massive workload this year as they either phase out Eli where Eli just continues to fester away as a starting quarterback on that team. Um, And he just gets an absurd amount of touches to the point where you want to capitalize that on, on that as a team and hope that maybe Saquon drops some ridiculous fantasy number on the year and you get to the playoffs or you make it into the playoffs. Saquon continues to carry your team. Um, So adding in Brady to that gives you a quarterback, you know, you're not going to have for a long time, so he's not going to be expensive to bring in, but you know he's going to produce because it's Tom Brady. Um, so I really like what Eagles has done with their team short-term. Assuming that they still have their first for the future, I think it won't be that bad for them if Brady and Barkley don't manage to get them a whole lot in terms of monetary return from winnings in this league. Um, I think he's still in a good position to where, yeah, Brady may be out of the league in two years, or three, or he just may not be on that Eagles roster in any amount of time. Um, But the team's in a position to where it's balanced enough to where if they can just kind of go the goose way of bringing in older, (laughs) inexpensive QBs, he can continue to build up around the rest of his team to try and work around that deficiency, kind of like Goose does.
0: (laughs) Very true. All right, so it looks like we may have some adjustments that I'm going to have to make to these uh, power ranks as uh, we go because it looks like a big trade is going down between the Colts and the Jets. Um, so I'm, I'm going to brace myself for that. Uh, before we go too much, before I jump into that, I'll go ahead and knock out this next team. Um, the 12th overall rank, uh, the Cleveland Browns, um, Quarterback is Dak Prescott, Uh, running backs uh, Melvin Gordon and Duke Johnson. You've got uh, Thomas Williams and Fuller at receiver, so very strong core there. Dallas Goddard at tight end. Um, Johnson at uh, DN, so nothing super there. Um, I'm sorry, D-tackle. Naseeb and Sweat at um, DN, although Sweat I think actually just got moved to outside linebacker, so... Uh, that's probably even below where it should be, Uh, Foster, Jefferson Jewell, and now Sweat uh, as linebackers, Denard at corner, and Thomas and Murray at safety. So, um, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry,
1: I was just clicking back in from trying to read what was going down in chat. I'm on my phone, so whenever I leave to go look at something else, my Hangouts decides it's going to go full robot and disconnect me from everything, and my phone just lags like crazy.
0: Well, good. That's how it should be.
1: But, we're on the Browns, correct?
0: We're on the Browns. So, uh, again, strong, strong offense. Um, <sighs> decent defense um the sweat moved to outside my back of a little bit but um yeah the strong enough that they should be competitor in the north
1: yeah the browns were another team where it's not like they're just kind of they're they're kind of there um they're not a team i look at and i'm wowed by but i think they're a team that could be mildly successful in the league um I think they are also. I mean, a lot of these teams. I'm going to say are on the right track, and I guess that's just my catchphrase now. Kind of like you, and at the end of the day, are um, a calculated Absolutely. risk, I guess now. Um, but I think they're. I think they're moving in the right direction with the team, and they've got a got. A, they have a lot of good pieces in place, especially on offense. Um, but overall, it's not a team that wows me. Um, they're not a team that's got a lot of. They're not like you or Redskins or Falcons, where they have a lot of draft capital that's going to be coming in. Um, this, These are the teams that if I'm an owner of one of them, I'm kind of concerned because the team's good enough to where they're on, like, the edge of what? What are we laughing at?
0: All right, so All right. the Jets have, have reinforced their uh, rankings. Um, the breaking news is the Indianapolis culture. Traded their 2020 first-round pick for D. 40
1: That's that's a trade, I guess.
0: So now the Jets lose their best pass rusher, but add probably what is a late first-round pick.
1: Why does Colts do I mean, I, I know why Colts does that. I don't know why D. Ford's the guy you go after with that pick, though.
0: I think you go after a couple. I think he, he, he's going to find someone to take on JPP's contract. Uh, Ford is, I guess, the Leo in San Francisco, and you and I know what that could be um, yep. if that comes to pr- fruition. And he's probably talking a late first. And if you look at who was there at the late first, I ended up with Bush at 20 overall. I end up with Farrell at 30 overall. Like, you can probably find yourself a, a decent pass rusher there next year. So, uh, you know, Jets are playing the long game. I guess, you know, Santee saw my power ranks and decided that it was time to start shifting towards uh, 2020 rather than trying to compete with the Bills. Uh, I like that. that
1: trade a lot more for Santee, I think.
0: Just because...
1: I know both of us being Niner fans, like you said, we know what that Leo position in San Francisco could be. But I think we both also know that with how many people we're going to have on that line that are capable at actually rushing the passer now, somebody's going to get doubled there. Two people are probably going to get doubled if they bring in a tight end. And if they're doubling someone, it's not going to be rookie Nick Bosa. It's not going to be Eric Armstead or Solomon Thomas if they put him in at that big end slot next to Buckner. It's not going to be DJ Jones at defensive tackle. It's definitely going to be Buckner that's getting double teamed at least one, or one of the two guys getting double teamed if they double team two. And then you got to think if your choice is between double teaming Nick Bosa who's a rookie or D Ford or just even chip blocking him with the tight end, it's going to be D Ford that's going to be the chip blocked dude. Yeah. And I love the idea that D Ford's going to be a guy that comes in and gets like double-digit, fifteen sacks or some crazy number like that up there. And like, like a dream scenario, D Ford averages like a sack and a half a game, and we're all happy because we're Niner fans and it's the greatest thing on earth.
0: A second half a game but with I, 24 sacks. So you know, let's pump the brakes slightly.
1: <laughs> but like the thing is, I don't. I think D Ford ends up being more a guy that's just providing pressure on the quarterback and less a dude that's going to be getting double-digit sacks this season.
0: So let me – again, I think you've got a more clear breakdown than I do of this, so I'm going more off the, the hip here. Um, yeah. If I were to say that D Ford had 12 sacks in 2019, I think I would hold mm. a success. Would you would you call that a success,
1: for the Niners or for Colts?
0: No, no, for for for, for D Ford as a as a player and hell, you know, for either one. As like
1: in a fantasy sense, I I think it would depend more on how the sacks break down. Um, if you're just talking like in general NFL terms, if D Ford got 12 sacks, I'd be happy with him. I would be. Um, but I think the issue there is you're. My assumption is if D Ford's getting a sack in a game or getting multiple sacks in a game, he's going to be getting like three sacks in one game. And then he's going to go three or four games without a sack. Um, Just by the way, I think defenses are going to line up against that Niners defensive or offenses are going to scheme to block that Niners defensive line. Um, But I mean, it's not an, I don't think it's an awful trade for Colts. I just think that, D Ford isn't going to produce he's not going to be a massive game changer for the Colts I don't think he fills a need and he'll be good at that need but I think it's more likely he has a few massive games and less likely that he's a guy that's going to be starting at a consistent level every single week that I think is what the Colts kind of need at defensive end Yep. But hopefully, hopefully Ford proves me wrong, and he just goes for a bajillion sacks this season and carries Colts to the championship.
0: And that would be amazing. And we would, we would have to do many, many podcasts of us drinking together and watching the playoff games because yep. I, I would a hundred
1: percent be down with that, and I'd be very happy. I'd be cheering Colts on the entire time.
0: <laughs> Agreed. All right, uh, moving on to a, uh, so we we did the Browns. I think we finished up the Browns, so we'll go to eleven here. Um, and this is, I think, isn't a division winner, but I think it's another surprise that it's not a division winner. Um, NSC West, the Cardinals, um, last year I was able to kind of squeak things out and actually, I think, go undefeated if I remember correctly. Um, they went
1: undefeated in the regular season, yeah,
0: thanks to uh Nick Mullins. Um, had Jimmy G, Bethard and Nick Mullins as his quarterbacks, but was able to ride that to an undefeated season. Uh, this year just has Jimmy G. Um, running backs aren't really at par of where they were last year with uh, Adrian Peterson and, uh, and Mike Davis. Uh, receivers should still provide some good carrying with um, Brandon Cooks, Marquise Goodwin, um, Julian Edelman, and Albert Wilson. Uh, Jack Doyle is a question at tight end, and tight end is still a question for him. Um, we've got uh, Jones at the tackle. We've got Lawrence and Sheard at the end, Littleton at linebacker, Griffin at corner, and Bethea and, and Tyron Matthew at uh, safety. So a very strong defense, uh, very strong um, quarterback and wide receiver position on offense. Running game and tight end could use an upgrade. But again, this is definitely on the front makes sense for them to be on the fringe of the top 10 of the league. Um, and frankly, I have the next three teams. Um, so basically 11 through nine, all within a point of each other. So um, I could see arguments to say the Cardinals are a top 10 team. I have them at 11 now.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think his defense is going to have to carry him a lot. Um, I think Jimmy G is going to be fine. He's, majorly boned though if Jimmy G goes down, which most teams in this league are in a ton of trouble if they lose their quarterback. But going from having I think he still has Bethard. He has one of Bethard and Mullins. I don't remember which. If he has Mullins, I think he's actually okay. But if he has Bethard and not Mullins, I think he's kind of screwed. Um
0: I don't think he has I don't think he has Mullins and I don't know if he has Bethard at this point. Let me pull him up real fast. He doesn't have... Uh, check
1: his taxi. I think he's got Betford
0: on, he on taxi. He has on taxi. He does not have yeah. Mullins.
1: So losing Mullins sucks a lot for him because Mullins, I'm pretty sure, is the backup there now. Um, and so if Jimmy G gets some random-ass injury again, then we'll cry and Cardinals will cry and it'll just be a sad year. Um, but another issue I have with that team is just I don't think his wide receivers are going to be as good as he'd hoped. Um, Albert Wilson was not a surprise, but he did better than I think even his biggest fans thought he would last year. And Kyle Shanahan with both the picks they made in the draft this year and the words coming out of his mouth about Marquise Goodwin don't spell well for Goodwin's actual fantasy value on a week-to-week basis, just because Kyle said he doesn't see Goodwin as a every-play receiver. He's not a starter. He's a guy they bring in in situations. And when you bring in two more wide receivers, one of which is a guy that you think is probably going to be in on every down in Devo Samuel, and then a guy like Jalen Hurd who can do basically everything you'd want a player to do on offense, position-wise, um, I'd, I'd be afraid if I was a Marquise Goodwin owner in anything but a best ball league and even in best ball leagues, I don't want to be depending on him to be my wide receiver two or three. Um, But I think, I think there'll be weeks where he's basically getting no production out of his wide receiver or his third or fourth offensive players, just because I don't think Mike Davis and Adrian Peterson do a whole lot this year with guys being back in Washington and, Um, Mike Davis, is, I think he's still in Chicago. I don't think they cut him yet. But with the Montgomery ad in the draft, I don't think he's going to do as much as people thought he was going to. Um, And then Jack Doyle's Jack Doyle, so you're not going to be counting on him for a whole lot. So I'd be – if I'm Cardinals, I'm concerned about where my offense is at this point and just hoping that my defense can be as star-studded as it has been in the past. Mm -hmm. But he's down to two defensive ends now. So that's not that's just not good. Like yeah. having two defensive ends in this league is a massive oversight um, just because you start two every week. So even if you have two studs, there's going to be two weeks out of the year where you're down however many points that guy's usually scoring you. So I'd, I'd be heavily inclined to believe the Cardinals will not repeat their undefeated regular season in back-to-back years. But that might just be crazy talking, so –
0: All right, well, speaking of crazy talk, my 10th overall team, as I continue to look at them, make me think I've truly lost my mind here. Um, But, yeah, if I'm going to miss, I think it's going to be this team. However, if I'm right, then this is my hot take, and everyone just has to suck it. Um, The number 10 team I have are the Tennessee Titans. Um, So let's see here. Uh, quarterback Kirk Cousins, running backs, uh, Dalvin Cook and Miles Sanders. Uh, big question at wide receiver with Tyreek Hill is their receiver one, Paris Campbell, Kiki QT, and Josh Gordon? Uh, rounding things out there, tight ends, uh, Reed and Dillesley. Um, D tackle, are uh, Warden Reed, D end, are uh, Rashawn Gary and, and in Um, Merciless from Houston as their key linebacker, Trufant as their corner, and Thomas Abrams and Gilchrist as their safety. So um, really average except for safety on defense. Um, Cousins should be above average on offense with their running game. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say I I baked in Reek playing most of the season, 12 games, into this rank. If he drops to eight, I'd probably drop this team into the twelve or thirteen range. If Reek plays fewer than that, they're probably near the end of the top twenty. But, you know, it, it's tough to necessarily place this team because if it's Tyree Kill is one, Paris Campbell at two, and Kuti is three, that's a great you know, top three receivers in this format. If it's Paris, Kuti, and Gordon is your one, two, three. That's not really all so good. So um, I think he's going to be watching this very carefully and may even add a receiver before we get too much further here. I, I know he's been active in the under uh, in the um, under free agent market. But that said, um, right now I'd say they're, they're, they're 10 with a lot of potential to fall.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think 10 is the absolute max I would put them in best-case scenario. Um, even if Hill misses two weeks in our league, that's four games. Um, so I, I don't I just with the way that team's structured, and I think I think that's the dude I snagged Gentry from. Um, yes. Yeah, uh, I just don't I don't know. I think tens like the, the that team maxes out at 10. Um, I personally would probably drop them down below, like, the Goose and Santi and you grouping. Um, but I, I just – that team, there's so much hinging on Tyreek Hill for him. Like, Tyreek Hill needs to have another massive year for that team to hit 10 um, and squeak into the playoffs. And I just don't – I don't see that happening barring – some miracle that he's not he doesn't miss a single game for Tyree Kill. Um which I just don't I, I'm I'm almost positive Tyree Kill misses at least two games. So yep. it'll be interesting to see what happens.
0: All right. So guess what? We're in the top ten.
1: We are. And I'm surprised you haven't said me yet. And now I'm concerned because I think you may overvalue my team.
0: You did this last year. And then you ended up in the final four, I think. So um, you need to shut the hell up. Anyway, um, ninth, I have the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Sam Darnold as their quarterback, Wilson and uh, James White at running back. Boyd Funches, Cup Pettis, and Williams. Very strong receiving core. Um, James and Oliver uh, look much better before the draft than it does after. Um, Robinson at the tackle. Anderson and Winovich at the end, Uh, Wagner and Kendricks pointing down the linebacking core very well, Harris and Alexander at corner, and Adams and Harris and Smith as probably one of the the better um, safety tandems in our league. So um, again, very good offense across the board except for tight end for uh, Panthers, Um, an above average defense with probably an elite tandem at safety for them as well. Um, and I think this would put them as the AFC, the NFC South winners.
1: Yeah, I pretty much agree across the board. I really like the Panthers team. Um, there's nothing there that I dislike at all. I think it's a very good team. There's just better teams. Um, but I think that dude, he's got a team built to where he's going to probably get into the playoffs and more than likely comfortably, um, And then it's just – it's luck of the draw at that point with who scores how much each week. Um, Save for, like, a team like the Bengals where they're very, very stacked. I think pretty much every team from here on out is going to be in that same zone of it's a very good team, should make the playoffs. You hope for the best in the playoffs.
0: Yep. All right. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and say uh, $9.1 million. Is a uh, number here. If I were to tell you that you could have um, two probably top 12 starters at their positions um, in our league in two very important positions uh, for $9.1 million, you think that's a good idea? Yeah. So that's why I have the Giants at eight. Uh, Lamar Jackson and James Conner combined for just about nine. To be under $9.1 million and very close to $9 million themselves. Um, so he's got Lamar and he's got RG3 to back him up um, if something goes wrong there. So uh, taking advantage of that cheap cost, uh, OBGA, DJX, and um, Butler at wide receiver, Gasecki, um, hoping for that second year breakout at tight end. Um, Buckner, who is kicking ass with a D tackle designation in this league. Uh, at the tackle, Ogba and Allen at uh, the end, Brown, Smith and Smith at linebacker, uh, Jackson, Baker, and Murphy at um, corner, and then Simmons and Kazee at safety. But really, if you're able to get away with um, a top 12 quarterback and a top 12 running back um, in this league for under $9 million, um, you're able to spend elsewhere, and he has – um, to really make the rest of that team pretty competitive. Think you may have switched over to send a message again, or maybe you're listening. I'm not quite. No, I'm sure. muted.
1: Sorry. Um, uh, he was the guy that sent Hunt to the Seahawks for useful players, right? I'm pretty yeah. sure that was Giants. Yeah, I, I like Giants. I like the moves he made. Um, I don't know if that was him being master trade negotiator or Seahawks just doing Eagleman 2.0 things. Um, but I, I like the Giants team. I don't like I don't like Lamar Jackson at all. Um, I think he's going to get injured. I think RG three will get injured. I think ultimately he's going to have to look somewhere else for a quarterback because as good as uh, as good as. Uh, Jackson can be in this league and in fantasy scoring wise. Um, I just, I don't think he's going to be a durable starter in the league. I don't think he's going to be a long-term starter in the league, just talent wise, um, which that's not a fault on the Giants. If, if Jackson proves me wrong and proves a lot of other pundits wrong, pundits wrong, um, I think Giants is in a really good position. But just from what we've seen from him in the actual NFL, he doesn't strike me as the type of guy that even with an improved receiving core is going to be accurate enough as an NFL quarterback to garner continued use long-term. Uh, but write him while you can, man. Like, that's – 9.1 million for him and James Connors, great. Like, that's – there's no arguing that as long as they keep scoring points for you. So – he can be as inaccurate as he wants as long as he's not throwing a bunch of interceptions. And if he's throwing a bunch of interceptions, he's just got to score a bunch of touchdowns with that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, um, especially once Lamar does go down, which I am fairly confident in saying he'll go down for at least a couple games just due to wear and tear. Um, he's not built like a Cam Newton. He was a tank of a man and can just take hit after hit after hit. Um, he's a lot slender a lot more slender and agile and it's just that's not gonna that's not gonna take the hits that he's taking but hopefully rg3 can talk some sense into him um and keep him from going down that same path that he did
0: true story all right um on to number seven uh we have the current defending super bowl champion the cincinnati Bengals. here um i say we like like, I really took your opinion into account here. <laughs> I, I do want to, to clarify that I appreciate you being on and, and being a counterpoint to this. I put these rankings together, so these rankings do not by any means reflect uh, Matt's opinion on things. So I'm sure, again, we've agreed a decent amount on this, but by no means am I reflecting your opinions in these rankings. Um, but but that said, uh, yes, number seven, uh, Chris, you are uh, – not repeating as champion in this league, uh, you've taken a Super Bowl winning roster and will uh, continue to run into the ground. Um, anyways, uh, so for the Bengals, go ahead.
1: I said I like the spice.
0: Well, you know, Chris and I share quite a few leagues together, and it's a uh, it's a hate hate relationship, but um, but hate in the most respectful terms. Um, Quarterback, we have Mitch Trubisky, uh, running backs Christian McCaffrey and Latavius Murray, Uh, AB 84 and Evans. I don't know who the hell traded him, Uh, Antonio Brown, for what basically was a plus on uh, Doug Baldwin, but that guy's an idiot. Um, Then Kelsey at tight end, Um, Payne at the tackle, Dunlap and Ingram at the end, Uh, Smith, Cunningham, and Foster at linebacker bradbury at corner and johnson at safety so not a great defense but a stacked enough offense that should carry him to a a uh, afc north title i'm sorry not an afc north title and a a a wild card from the afc north because there's another team i haven't mentioned yet in the afc north um but nonetheless the defense will prove to be his achilles heel as he does not repeat
1: yeah, that uh, that idiot that traded in Brown really wasn't thinking when he took most of his good linebackers back in that trade. Um,
0: what an idiot.
1: What an idiot. Uh, But, yeah, I I think Bengals is basically what my team was last year, which it was – I have a bunch of random people on defense and then a couple of studs, and I'm just going to hope they produce well enough to carry me to the chip, um, which they didn't. Uh, and – it's going to be interesting to see what happens because his offense, I think, got a lot better with adding Brown, but his defense got a lot worse with losing the multiple players that he did. Jones, um, Anya Wasar, I don't remember if I took another defensive player back in that. I don't think I did. Um, no, it was just Baldwin, Jones, Anya Wasar. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that team. It's definitely basically all in on offense now, which I think there's going to be weeks where that dude just drops like 280 points on people and there's no contest. And then there's going to be weeks where he's dropping like 170, totally not speaking from experience from running out effectively the same style of lineup last season. Um, I think the biggest Achilles heel for him is going to be having Mitch Trubisky as his quarterback. Uh, that dude's just – we make fun of him in another chat. I think Mitch Trubisky is going to be a career-long backup quarterback in the league.
0: He's um, Blake Bortles.
1: He, yeah. He, no, he's worse than Blake Bortles because Blake Bortles – well, he's not worse than Blake Bortles. Um, but he's basically – I think he's going to be like the next clipboard Jesus. Like he's a guy that's going to play out his contract in Chicago and then Chicago is going to be like, Oh, okay. This guy's really not that good. We're not ever going to win anything with him. And then they're going to try and get somebody else. And Trubisky's going to go somewhere else and get another shot. It's going to be more like Jake Cutler, but worse, which is kind of ironic given that Jake Cutler was the former Bears quarterback, not really ironic, but an interesting point. Um, I think it's just I don't think Trubisky is good enough to be the starting quarterback on that team if you're really going all in on offense because you're sacking defense. You're putting all your points into your running back and your wide receiver and tight end blocks. And then you're just hoping guys hit every week on defense, which I think there's going to be, like I said, I think there's going to be weeks where he drops 280, 290 points on people and he just obliterates them. Um, But he's just not going to have that same consistency. Like I had that type of season last year, where I had like three weeks where I scored like 280 plus, but when I got to the conference championships, I think I scored like 180. And it's just because my offense didn't show up, and it's it's just how the how the cookie crumbles sometimes. And if you're Chris, you got to hope that your your doubling down on offense doesn't come down and bite you with inconsistencies late in the season.
0: Yep. All right, we're going to keep moving here because we got to keep moving. Um, number six is the NFC West champions, the 49ers. I um, do not have the same question as quarterback. In fact, looks like they have two starters at the moment, uh, Breeze and Nick Foles. Um, running back, uh, Marlon Mack, and the Tampa Bay stack. Um, court receivers are uh, T.Y. Hilton, Marquise Lee, and Michael Gallup. Uh, took Fant is their first round pick to pair with Herndon and Olsen. Um, Sue at D-tackle. Hubbard at D-end, although they could really use a second D-end at this point. Um, linebackers of Smith and uh, Miles Jack. Sorry, that's uh, yeah, that's uh, the Dallas Smith uh, and Miles Jack. Um, Skandrick at corner. And then Jones, Edmonds, and Rapp at safety. So uh, pretty solid team end-to-end. Definitely looking like the... Ah, uh, team to beat in the NFC West, um, has some help that they need in terms of depth at D end and corner, um, but I don't see anyone else. I, I think they finished well ahead of the uh, Cardinals. Yeah, I,
1: I think I have them a bit more closer. Um, I think that one will come down more to who can get more production out of their defensive ends. Um, if Niners can make some moves for defensive ends, I think he'll end up taking that division. If Cardinals makes a move for a couple more dudes, even if they're just body types that you're hoping maybe a couple of weeks out of the year, you'll, they'll outscore your two uh, studs. But other than that, you just have them there for the bye weeks um, I think he ends up taking it, assuming that he can get best ball production out of his wide receivers. But I, I like, I like the Niners team. If I'm remembering most of it off the top of my head, um, and yep. Just what you listed off. It's just a matter of those two teams both need to figure out the defensive end position a bit more before I'd be comfortable saying one over the other handedly.
0: All right, so we're to the top five, and number five, I'm gonna be honest. If you would have asked me before the draft started, I would have puked before I put this team aside. But apparently, um, we've got a real NFL GM in the league who either through blackmail, collusion, trade rape, uh, abduction, otherwise has uh, built a pretty solid roster for himself. I uh, actually have him going from the second overall pick last year to getting the second seed in the NFC this year. It's the Saints.
1: Thank you, Seattle.
0: Let's, let, let, let me just run through this before everyone you know throws up on their screens. Um, we've got Derek Carr at quarterback, Le'Veon Bell and Sonny Michelle at running back, uh, Tyler Lockett and uh, Golden Tate at receiver, Everett and Knox at tight end, uh, you've got um, Marcel Hurst at D-tackle, Donald Collier and Davenport at D-end, Mosley, McKinney, and Fowler at linebacker, linebacker, Awuzie at corner, and McDonald at safety. So, we went from having a ton of cap space and nothing, and then again, I, I don't know how we did it. Like I, I have to think that we have to look at from Seattle's
1: it. family. Like that's that's the only way I can really think it through is that like somewhere along the line Seattle was put in a position where you either give me your team or your family goes away. And just because like the moves. Seattle went from being like a pretty okay team to just being awful. And the Saints went from being a pretty bad, 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 bad team that was rebuilding to a really, really, really good team overnight because they basically just took all of the good players from Seattle. Um, and it cost them effectively nothing. It cost them what, three end-of-the-first-round picks, which yeah, those can be really good, but they are also not as good as any of the dudes that he got from those trade from that trade.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, so I'm not going to spend a lot more time talking about this because I think uh, all of us are kind of throwing up at the at kind of how this came together. Yeah, Saints.
1: Saints just need to send Seattle a Christmas card this year. That's all I really have to say about that one.
0: Yep. All right, so we did. We are doing this live, and we did get a, a, a trade during the podcast, so I did adjust my rankings during the pod uh, for that. I initially had the Colts sitting six, but after picking up D4, I bumped them up to four. Uh, so that's where the Colts are now. So that would make them the third seed in the AFC. Um, quick rundown of their team, Stafford at quarterback, uh, David Johnson, C.J. Anderson, and uh, Williams at running back, D.J. Moore, Calvin Ridley, Evan Doola, and Ginn at – Receiver, Vanette, Davis, and Shaheen at tight end. Kwan Short at the tackle. Watt and Ford at the end. Clowney leading the linebackers. Uh, Fuller and Jackson at corner. And Jackson and Diggs at safety. So pretty solid across the board. Uh, could use probably one more linebacker uh, and maybe a tight end upgrade to, to really um, plug in some holes for the, end of the season. But... Uh, not many teams are gonna have the firepower. I see this team in the high two hundreds, low three hundreds on a week-to-week basis.
1: Yep, that's that's reasonable. I still, I'm still not crazy about D Ford just as a, uh, like in our league and in fantasy in general. Um, but when you've got, he's gonna be your defensive end two behind JJ Watt. It's like, eh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah giving up that first is going to hurt but even if d Ford produces at 60 percent of what colts thinks he's going to um that's still going to be a back eight or nine first round pick but yeah you may miss out on a feral type defensive end but you're not going to lose sleep over that like it's eh, i i like i like the team a lot i i don't think that's the defensive end you trade for um but other than that, I don't think it's – it's not a roster-destroying move by any means. No. I just don't think he's going to get the production he he wants out of D Ford. But hopefully I'm wrong. I really hope this is just a massive reverse jinx.
0: Yep. All right, so next up we have the three seed, and it's the number one seed from the NFC. And he's going to be pissed because he's going to see this as the jinx. And I'm pissed. <laughs> Because I have his first-round pick, and I traded him two firsts this year to get this first and Royce Freeman. Because I thought, hey, he's got me and Goose and others in his division. There's no way he's gonna be this good. And then I stacked up his team, and I felt really sick to my stomach. Um, so please take this as the nicest possible jinxing I can do of this team. It's oh, agreement yeah. happens. Um, running through, he's got the Green Bay Packers stack of Rogers and um, and Kaiser. Although he's paying a shitload for Kaiser, uh, he's got Chubb and Fournette. Since somehow he talked the Steelers into giving him a third round, giving a third round pick for Fournette. So um, I, I don't know whether we need to get the uh, commissions on that to uh, investigate or. Oh wait, you know it is a commission. Never mind. I don't want to get kicked out of the league again. Hey man, again.
1: join this league. I'll give you a third round pick for Fournette.
0: Totally, Um, receivers. He's got Allison, Jeffrey, and Sutton. Um, Again, I I think that's going to be good enough. He doesn't have wide receiver one there, but he's got a pretty good set to go with. Uh, McDonald and ASJ in terms of ranking the uh, tight ends probably has not just two tight ends, but two pretty good tight ends. Um, I I probably have ASJ ranked higher than most two, but I I really like where he is. Um, Then he's got uh, Guy and Poe at. D-tackle, nothing super. That's really the biggest hole he needs to, to plug at the moment. Um, to it uh kind of middle of the pack at the end. Um, Dion Jones and Young. Jones, if he comes back right, should be a, a fantastic linebacker for him, but he really needs that second. Young could be that. Might need one more player. Uh, but Ramsey and Talib take care of corner for him. And then Bates, Davis, and Boston should have a good uh, safety set. So um like i said right now i have the packers as the nfc champ um i really hope i'm wrong because like i said i have his first and i traded like the 129 and 132 or something like that which ended up being the entirety of the saints you know turnaround for uh for his first next year so um yeah jeremy if you go ahead and ruin this for me that'd be super
1: i uh, I unfortunately don't think jeremy is going to ruin it for you um yeah i mean i i don't think that's a team he needs to make minimal moves with and just kind of write it out um and maybe if another team makes a big move mid season he might get cold feet and get a little bit antsy there and make some silly move, but other than that i don't I don't think he's gonna make a whole lot of shaking and booming and happenings there um maybe he just overspends on a free agent in the season or something like that but outside of that i don't think much is going to be going on there
0: damn it all right well you know (laughs) i put him as the NFC champion so that means i've jinxed him so hopefully that means he misses the playoffs and uh that pick ends up in the top 10 because uh no, that's how it works, right? You, you jinx someone and put them in the top ten, and then nah, fuck it, I'm screwed.
1: Maybe, maybe Rogers will just retire to spend more time with Danica Patrick.
0: I wonder, what was it uh, what was it that John Mayer called uh, Jessica Simpson a couple years back? I can't recall off the top of my head, but that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> like or no heroin idea. or something like that.
1: But yeah, yeah, I I, I I know what you're referring to. I just can't remember what he called her.
0: But, yeah, that's what we're hoping for. So, Danica, if you can pull those moves on A.A. Uh, Ron or if uh, he has some um, some ancillary injuries from running away from the Dragonfire in King's Landing, that would be super if he could you know, go ahead and take care of that for me. Anyways, all right, we're down to the top two. What do you think you are? You think you're first or second?
1: I think you got drunk and put me at first.
0: I think you're wrong. I have you in second.
1: Thank God.
0: <laughs> I had I you still second think last year. Drunk, but... Look, I had you in second last year, and you're like, "Oh God, you're gonna have me too high," and you ended up barely losing <laughs> to uh, the Bengals. So I don't want to hear any of this shit. Um. Anyways, uh, yeah, I have you in second. Um. And again, being runner-up in the AFC uh, as a result. Um, just a quick run through your team. Uh, Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. Miller, Eckler, and Thompson. Not super, but you know, above average at uh, running back. Cooper and Galladay at receiver. Kittle in the most absurd contract on earth. I'm pretty sure I could give you all of my first next year and you still wouldn't move George Kittle. Um, There's at, nothing um,
1: in this league I will move George Kittle for.
0: I know. Absolutely um, nothing. Then Ogunjobi and Darius at the, at the tackle. Attack in in at uh, the end. Uh, good depth, good depth at the end. But I think you could probably use one more uh, produced higher producer there. Cukley um, Williamson and Jones as a strong uh, linebacking core. Um, King Desmond King as your CB one, but still looking for that CB two. Luckily, uh, corners are a dime a dozen, and McDougal and Jackson at safety. So um, very strong from end to end uh a offense that's going to be tough to beat um i could see running back and uh the front seven being a point of focus um for trades for you but um i think you of the team to beat in the east and one of the top competitors in the afc
1: jackson is actually now a cornerback unfortunately um I don't get to do the massive cheese I had last year where he was effectively playing the nickel cornerback position, but still slotted as a safety on MFL. Um, but I did get, uh, Colbert from San Francisco for effectively free. So he's not going to produce nearly as much as Jackson last season. Um, but I'm not too concerned about my safety position anymore. Um, and then there was surprise, there's surprisingly like a lot of starting defensive ends that were available in free agency that went really, really cheap. Um, like, I, I don't even, I can't even pull it up cause it would close out my hangouts, but I think I have like three other starting defensive ends
0: mm-hmm.
1: on my roster. <laughs> and it's like, they're not guys that have names that people would recognize, but they're dudes that are slotted to start. They don't have high value rookies behind them. And they're just dudes that hopefully they hit a sack or two across the season and they just, they produce enough for me. Um, My biggest concern is definitely going to be offense though, just because yeah, I'll have Pat Mahomes to cover up the inefficiencies, but I effectively have two wide receivers. Um, I've got three running backs that I have no idea what's actually going to happen with any of them. Does Eckler lose his job to Justin Jackson this season? Um, Like does, does Chris Thompson continue to play well, or does he just get phased out totally between um, Geis and uh, Adrian Peterson? Uh, like I've got, to, there's a lot of concerns. But I knew I was doing something right when, after that Antonio Brown trade, Goose started commending my team because I know Goose didn't win last year, but Goose wins a lot. And I know this is going to be me gassing him up. And I know if he hears this, he's going to hold it over me forever. But he does know, like, how to win leagues. And I'm pretty confident in saying that he's got a good grasp of a winning method in this league, which is more just like, not the all studs, but studs mixed in with a shotgunning of IDP guys, which was kind of how it was going with my defensive ends. And what I had planned to do with linebacker, but then Anwasar and Jones kind of just fell into my lap. So now I've got like five dudes that are good starting linebackers. So I'm I'm confident my team. I'm just definitely concerned with where the offense is moving forward. But I'd rather have my team than some bum like Chris's with the Bengals. That's for sure.
0: Definitely. All right. Well, we're down to last – But definitely not least, um, like I said, when I first put these rankings together, I looked at them and said, I screwed something up. What (laughs) led me to think I screwed something up? Was it the fact that I had the Bears and the Jets in the middle of the pack? Yes, that was part of it. Was it that I thought I had the Titans too high? Definitely. What really proved to me that I screwed up these rankings, was who I had number one. But dry and dry, I can't get them out of there. So he's probably going to cry. He's hoping to go to Duncan and pick up a dozen. But the number one team in the power rankings, AFC favorite and Super Bowl favorite, according to said power rankings, are the Baltimore Ravens. Faceless.
1: I don't even know who's on that team off the top of
0: my head. So I'll go ahead and go through it for you real fast. So he's got the Indy stack with Luck and Brissett. He's got the Atlanta Staggert running back with uh, Freeman and Edo Smith. His receivers are uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Moncrief, MVS, Kane, Keelan Cole, and Miles Boykin. He's got uh, Butt and Warren at tight end. Butler and Lawrence at D tackle McCoy, Vernon, and Allen at the end. Alex- Quan Alexander and Devin White at linebacker. The Green Bay Corners um, at corner. And then Derwin James and Savage at safety. So across the board, except really for tight end, I, I can't find a weakness. And yeah, I
1: mean, tight end is horrendous.
0: But yeah, I and again, that's Warren. So all indications are Warren is, is possibly going to win the tight end job in Houston. If I, if I understand that correctly. So I, like I said, I saw this and I thought, no, I screwed this up. There's some, something wrong with my rankings that the Ravens ended up first. Like I looked again and again, I adjusted, I checked my weightings. I did all these things. And somehow, faceless, you are the number one ranked team. Um, so this is probably the point where I should just go ahead and retire from doing the, <laughs> the podcast because um, truly I, I have no right in doing so by, uh, by where I've placed some of these teams based off of their, their quality. Um, truly by putting the uh, Super Bowl champion seven – and Super Bowl runner-up in the high teens and um, all sorts of these things. I have no idea what I'm doing. But, you know, based off of all that, the coup de grace is the Ravens at number one.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to go and look at that team. From the top end, it sounds very good. My concern would be depth and just week-to-week consistency. But from what like the players you listed off that sounded like a damn good team. there's like guys that you would start in like a normal league um, it's just one of it's the best ball league so there can be hits and misses there like if he doesn't have depth and his guys have a couple off weeks then maybe he falls out of it and maybe he maybe like what if, what if he gets totally screwed and has like an off week or has like what oh, happened to me last year I had Pat Mahomes on a bye week during one of my Two week or two game weeks and thankfully Mitch Trubisky the career backup in waiting uh got hurt so I had Chase Daniels to start at quarterback but like if, if he has a couple off weeks here and there maybe he slips down a little bit um but that's not a specific team thing outside of depth that you can really handle um no just from what what you listed off I I don't know your exact system for power ranking but it, on, on paper, that sounds like a very good team.
0: Um, and now looking at some of the uh, adjustments, because it, I, I did compile this over a couple of days, it uh, looks mm-hmm. like McCoy has shifted from DN to D-tackle, so he may be a little shallower at D-end than I had, but who's yeah. in the conversation?
1: Oh, yeah, no, that's... I, I, got, well, I think you mentioned this earlier with another group of, like, with the... Uh, um, the Goose, Santi, U group, where it's like a, the, all those guys are kind of clumped together. I assume that scoring wise, you probably had the same dealio come out with this top five or six. Since Colt jumped from five from six to four with the D Ford trade. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think it's out of, out of this world to say that Baltimore is the best out of these top five or six teams. He's definitely better than Bengals, though, that's
0: all I know. Yeah, and with uh, with DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, he picked up Hopkins, I think. I think it was the – he traded two firsts two, – he traded the Panthers first and his first to get DeAndre Hopkins from the Redskins. So
1: yeah.
0: it's one of those where that, that allowed Redskins to make the deal for, um, for Wilson, which then he was able to make for Zeke. So, again, a lot of downstream uh, work happened as part of this draft and as part of this offseason. So, nonetheless, here we are with the the number one power-ranked team being the Ravens, Um, Faceless. Enjoy all of the pressure and everything of that. Please spend all of your time focusing on this league. None of your time focusing in game of thrones so i can continue to dominate you in our division (laughs) Uh, all right well that's i can't wait
1: to read the chat after this
0: yeah um so that was a good you know two and a half three five seven hours of uh of content hopefully uh youtube lets me actually post it this time i think last time they tried to cut me at uh two hours so we'll see what happens but um any final thoughts before we close things out
1: uh, Bengals, you suck, and you're going to lose, and I'm going to whoop your ass. Um, good luck to the other three people in my division. Hopefully one of you can put up a fight. Um, thank you for the money. If not, uh, yeah, that's, that's about it. Good luck to everyone else in the league except for Bengals and the three people in my division. Um, but yeah, no, that, that's
0: it. I'm glad you jumped right on the, uh, the Bengals hitting bandwagon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it's a fun bandwagon to be on. We have some great prizes, some great door prizes. Uh, we'll, we'll have to introduce you to everybody. But uh, nonetheless, um, thanks everyone who followed along. Hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, this is going to be that for uh, a couple of weeks. Uh, as promised, I will go back and take a look at who some of the new owners are and what they've done with their respective teams since they've taken over. Um, it's not going to be a Redskins-only podcast until... He upgrades that uh, third-round pick that he owes me to a first-round pick, in which case it will become a full-hour diatribe of how the Redskins are the greatest owners in fantasy football. Uh, But until that day, I hope everyone enjoyed this and enjoy the rest of the week, and we'll talk to you as soon as uh, it makes sense. Peace out.